Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Mind Shifters Radio with the Forgiveness Doctor, Dr. Michael Rice. I'm Jeannie Rice, your co-host. Michael and I will share with you the wisdom of the ancient Aramaic internal process of forgiveness. We offer tools and support five days a week. We will support you in building a solid foundation within yourself to live in pure love in Aramaic Rachma. Michael is the author of Why Is This Happening to Me Again? For more information on Michael or myself or forgiveness, please visit www.whyagain.org. And now, your co-hosts, the Forgiveness Doctor, Dr. Michael and Jeannie Rice. Hi, and welcome to the show. Today is Thursday, May the 5th, 2016. And our call-in number is 646-200-4169. Press 1, and that puts you in queue to talk to us. And we would love to hear your comments and your questions, because that makes this your show. Welcome, Michael. Thank you, dear heart. Welcome, everybody. We're honored that you're here to share this space with us and engage once again in this awesome understanding of first century Aramaic forgiveness. We'll be working to uh, to get another show on our archives this morning at, uh, I don't know why people do things at, like this at 7 o'clock in the morning, but at 7 this morning we started a two-hour radio show with another group of folks and uh, the material just came together in an awesome fashion. So we'll, uh, as as soon as we can, and I don't know when that will be at this point with everything on our plate, but we'll, uh, we'll get that show up on our archives and link to it so people can listen to it. It just came together really, really nicely. And so we had an early morning start this morning. Uh, went out and did our walk. We got this beautiful sunny day, bright blue skies, and puffy white clouds, and just an awesome uh, time to be in uh, South Florida, or pardon me, in the, on the west coast of Florida. And uh, certainly lots of appreciation for the opportunity to uh, to live a human life. I woke up this morning and I opened two really awesome gifts that I've got, and that was my eyes. And what an awesome thing it is to have that opportunity and to recognize that while my eyes seem to see things outside of me, the truth is they don't. They always show me my inside content. And when I don't want to look at my inside content, then what happens is I dissociate from or I hide from those things and refuse to look at them. I came across a couple of uh, of quotes I'd like to sort of correlate with the work this morning we're always going back to Carl Jung I mean I would have loved to have spent a month in that guy's presence and uh, engaged in process with him but here's a quote I came across recently of his there is no coming to consciousness without pain people will do anything no matter how absurd in order to avoid facing their own soul One does not become enlightened by imagining figures of light, but by making the darkness conscious. What an awesome piece of understanding. Thank you, Carl Jung, for that awareness and recognizing that the only darkness we will ever face is the darkness within ourselves. And it's interesting the way the mind works how we get to deal with our darkness. If you go back to Yeshua 2,000 years ago, whoops, all of a sudden the microphone went out of my phone and started recording my words and writing them. That's interesting. Anyway, it's, uh, it's interesting to watch how the ancient teachings of this man named Yeshua show up over and over and over again in the world. And the, the genius with which he brought this understanding to us is just amazing. But here's Carl Jung saying, whatever is rejected from the self, and and remember that in this work, our definition of denial 
is when I think or speak as though something outside of me is causing something to happen inside of me, I'm in denial. When I go into denial, the energy with which I am hurting myself, I dissociate from. I hide from myself. And here's the insight that Carl Jung gave to that dynamic and then the exact parallel in the words of Yeshua from 2,000 years ago. So here's Carl Jung saying, whatever is rejected from the self, so if I say you made me mad, I'm saying my mad is yours and I'm rejecting my mad. But here's what he says. He says, whatever is rejected from the self appears in the world as an event. So when I reject my mad, all of a sudden, I'm going to make it up that somebody in my world is mad. And my world, the world between my ears, is going to reflect that as an event. And it's all based on thoughts that I hold within my own system. Now, let's go back to the first century Aramaic words of Yeshua when he says, take care of the heart, for out of it are the issues in life. Exactly what Carl Jung is saying. What is rejected from the self? And of course, we, we couldn't translate that word heart in the Western world till just a few decades ago because we had no idea what it meant. There was no concept of the unconscious in the Western world. And so now we understand that what Yeshua was saying was take care what you deny and dissociate from that is put into that artificial place called the unconscious or the heart for out of that is going to come the next picture that you see and the world of pictures is going to reflect to you that content that you've dissociated from. Jung says whatever is rejected from the self appears in the world as an event. And the biggest thing to get, because these pictures can be so convincing, I mean, these 3D holograms that show us all these people that make us feel these things are all a lie. We feel these things because these things are in us. You know, someone blames their three-year-old for the fact that they're angry. Excuse me? A three-year-old can reach inside of you and make you angry? Come on, grow up. Like, let's get to be adults. If I'm angry, I'm angry because there's anger in me. I'm not angry because of what my three-year-old did or somebody else's three-year-old or my spouse or my friend or my enemy or my neighbor or my boss or my government or my employer or my employee. I'm not angry because of anything any of them have done. But when I reject from myself, anger, what do the words of rejection look like? You made me angry. I just rejected ownership for what's going on inside of me. When I reject that, that energetic dynamic, you know, it's, it's, all energy is digital. It's information. And so whatever I put into me in the way of information, my mind has a digital to analog converter. In other words, I will convert that thought, that digital information into a picture. Now, if you've ever, you've, you, you perhaps have experienced this, maybe many of you have not, but has anybody ever had someone who's accused you of saying something you absolutely did not say, of doing something that you never did? And notice the state of mind they were in when they accused you. They were in some form of hostility or fear. They weren't living as love. They weren't living as human beings. And so when I say, you made me angry, I dissociate from my anger. And when I dissociate from my anger, I have to hide the root of my anger from myself. And I'm now lost in a world of pictures where my anger is turned into a picture of whoever comes along that can resonate or trigger that anger in me. A three-year-old, my spouse, my neighbor, my child, my friend, my enemy. And then Carl Jung takes another step. And, I mean, it's just so genius, he says, and it reflects once again, take care of the heart, for out of it are the issues in life. He says, we meet ourselves time and again in a thousand disguises on the path of life. 
So that person who accused you when they were in hostility or fear, you triggered something that they had rejected from themselves and hidden inside themselves and dissociated from. And then literally, because of that digital to analog converter, that thought that gave birth to that anger was resonated by you, and their mind took that thought and turned into a picture of you, and you made me angry. So you show up in my mind with my anger attached, only I swear it must be yours. And the thing that we forget is, I'm feeling it. You know, there's a test in this work for determining whether or not what you're experiencing is yours or not. And, and it's a pretty tough test to apply. It's really extremely, extremely complex to understand. But here's how you tell whether or not something you're feeling is yours or not. Are you feeling it? That's all you need to know. Now, you can make up a million pictures about a million different people about how they're the cause of what you're feeling, but you're feeling it for one reason and one reason only because it's in you. And when you can embrace that, and first century Aramaic forgiveness is a way to embrace that which we've dissociated from. To embrace that, as Jung talks about it, the darkness. To access the darkness and bring it to the light, bring it to the presence of love. Course in Miracles says it beautifully. It says, bring the world you do not want to the one you do. What is the world you want? Well, if you've ever held a newborn child, you know exactly what human life is. You want to live, everybody ultimately wants to live as a human being. Presence of love, active in them. And so when the presence of love is active in me, and I'm able to access my hostility or fear-based thoughts, which turned into the world I saw about somebody else and thought was true for somebody else, when I bring that world that I do not want, that anger that I've rejected so deeply, to the world that I do, to the presence of love, then what happens is the anger simply dissolves. It simply starts to fall apart in the presence of active love. And, of course, the key is active love. Not an idea of love, not a conversation of love, not saying I love you, but actually functioning as the active presence of love when something less than love comes up in you. And and in essence, that's what we call process work. Processing is the ability to keep love conscious, active, and present when something less than love comes up. And that's the whole bottom line. That's the whole idea of this work. That's what we're here to support you in doing, that you could face anything in your world and you wouldn't give up your human life because you were facing it. But you watch people, when somebody triggers their sadness, they go into such deep sadness and there's no love present. Triggers their rage, their grief, their hatred, their vengeance. Oh, they'll make up all kinds of stories and may say the most vile things about that person that they've just encountered. But who have they really encountered? Let's listen to Jung again. We meet ourselves time and again in a thousand disguises on the path of life. All the words that you've used to describe someone else with emotional pain loaded behind it are all words that describe what's going on inside of us. And when we recognize that and engage in forgiveness, we get to collapse that world of pictures. We get to access the root of and what underlies it and bring it forward in the presence of love. And if we can't bring it forward in the presence of love, that's one of the purposes of this show, is to be the space that supports and allows those things to come forward and where time and space are, in fact, not facts. We've we've created a whole picture world that belies or denies the truth of what's going on. And so we can be that active space of love for and with each other. And that's the practice of this work. And we're honored that you're here to share it with us. Genius, Dr. Tim with us today? He is, and he's on. Well, let's say hello to the young man. How do you do, sir? I'm doing very well, thank you. Fabulous. Pleasure to be here. Anything exciting to share? Anything you're seeing in your practice today to, to share with us in the way of principles and understanding? Well, it's um, 
the last two days have been the you know prime examples in people's lives of recognizing how they downloaded a false belief from some event or time in the past and that when that gets triggered it literally creates their perception in the moment and so they without realizing it they're reliving a past event and a pattern of interaction and relationships many 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 times in their life and as you're pointing out in the intro believing it's someone or something outside of them that's making this happen or the outside events that are making it happen. I had a a business networking meeting this morning and I had to do the the 15-minute presentation and part of my presentation had to do with the idea of how we 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 create our own stress and how even the medical professions and the American Medical Association these days will acknowledge that upward of 90% of all diseases is stress-related. So it's either caused by stress or aggravated by stress. And as I was going through the talk and talking about how since stress is all self-caused and then 90 plus percent of all disease is stress related that means 90 plus percent of all disease even according to the medical professionals the american medical association not over 90 percent of all disease is self-caused now I'm, I'm I, well, I know tim certain. tim tim i got it i got it that means that if somebody's got a headache their body lacks aspirin and they did that to themselves that's right. They didn't go shopping soon enough for the aspirin, right? Well, but but the point is, I'm fairly certain that they haven't put two and two together. So when they release the studies that say over 90% of all disease is stress-related, they haven't put that together with the fact that we're causing our stresses and so that we're causing our diseases. They don't get that. The point is, Yesterday, in uh, another thing I integrated in the talk was that yesterday was, as I was getting ready to, to come to work, National Public Radio had a story about how a recent research discovered, again, that the third leading cause of death in the United States is iatrogenic or physician-caused death. And they didn't use the word iatrogenic or physician cause. What they said was preventable accidents. Now, part of the problem here is that if a pilot crashes a plane, whether it's a private plane or or a, a, uh, an airline, it is researched, it is explored, it is studied for pilot error, mechanical error, electrical error, the interactions of all of them, and the results are published and put out there for everyone to learn from, and policies and procedures are developed to prevent this kind of a, quote, accident from ever happening again. When there is an accident that was preventable that causes injury or death in a hospital or in a medical office, they take it into court, they come to a settlement, people are slapped with a gag order that they can never until after they're dead, talk about what happened. So we do not learn from the mistakes. And so there's a problem. And if we are the ones creating our stresses, and if stresses are causing 90-plus percent of our diseases, it would be a really good thing for us to learn that we're the ones who are driving the bus. So over the past couple of days, I've had people who come in and they talk about these patterns in their lives where they're doing the same kind of angry response, the same kind of shutdown response that they did, and we trace it back to an original event in their life where they reached a false conclusion about the world or themselves, and they have an aha moment where they realize, oh my goodness, when this happened, 
I decided this was the reality of life. And ever since then, whether this was 10 weeks ago or 10 years ago, ever since then, when this set of circumstances has come up, I have responded as though this false reality that I created was true. And the weight that leaves people when they're willing to go face that old energy, those old false conclusions, those old past traumas, the look on their faces, the tears they shed, the way they leave the office feeling more light and more capable of changing their life for the better, that's what makes the use of these tools so rewarding for me. So that's what I have to share today. Awesome. I hear you loud and clear on that. That's fabulous. Nice uh, nice putting together of, of all those pieces. One other piece to put in the puzzle that hasn't been realized is that you know, every drug is a disease disguised as a cure. I don't care what it is. Every drug creates, now they call them side effects, but they're really not side effects at all. There's no such thing as a side effect. If you, if you go to the doctor and the doctor says you have the ABC disease because you put it on an insert in a package and call it a side effect, doesn't make it anything other than a disease. Every drug causes diseases. Every drug is a toxic substance. Every drug causes stress. Now, that doesn't mean that there aren't places where, in the right hands for crisis management, causing that stress with that chemical substance can lead to the suppression of symptoms and buy people time to do their healing work. But by God, put healing tools in their hands so that if you're going to utilize that stress inducer called a drug, that people have a way to alleviate themselves of the stress and pain of what's what's going on and to detoxify the drug as well. But that's oftentimes why the iatrogenic uh, disease is there is because here's somebody who's under great stress. Well, here, let's put this other physiological stressor in them. Let's put this psychological stressor in them and let's see what happens. Well, gee, the symptoms went away from their you know, their big toe, but all of a sudden, you know, their heart's beating out of their chest and their brain's getting ready to explode, but we took care of the big toe. It's like we need to start to look at, you know, the whole picture of stress and how it's created. And, of course, what's the master reliever of stress? We're right back to forgiveness. First century Aramaic forgiveness is how to access those stress energies within self and remove them. And if we don't ever learn to remove them, they tend to be cumulative over a lifetime. They tend to be cumulative over lifetimes as one generation adds to another, adds to another, adds to another. And we come in carrying this load and nobody showed us how to undo or remove the load. And that's why we're here with the forgiveness tools and why we're doing this show five days a week and why you can go to our website and get the whole scoop for free. You know, you can read the book. Why is this happening to me again? Download it free from the website. Uh, If you go to whyagain.org, scroll down a little bit. There's a red and white bullseye in the middle of the page, a target, click on the target. It'll open a whole series of links on how to engage in removing your stress, removing the energy that doesn't belong in you. So, Awesome way to put it together, Tim. Thank you. You're welcome and deserving. And I'm hoping we have people calling with questions and continuation of our past couple days when we had more people calling than we had time for. Yay. Well, let's talk to Jeannie and see what the young lady says. Sweetie? We do do have a hand up, and it's area code 828. Is this Miss Magda? This is Magda, yes. Hello, everybody. Hey there, young lady. Welcome. Thank How are the days so in much. the Ozarks? You should be here today. It is sunny and I beautiful. I bet it's beautiful. Yeah, <laughs> nice. Anyhow, um, so I have a question about introducing the work and specifically the wake-up sheet to someone who is an atheist. She's interested in learning about mm-hmm. how to do forgiveness, and since we talked about that, <clears throat> I discovered that she's an atheist. So what, how do you handle that? 
Well, the atheist mind works the same way as the, the quote-unquote believer's mind, the same way mm-hmm. as the person who's in rage or fear or guilt or grief or sadness. It really doesn't matter what they believe. Here's how the mind works. You know, If I've got a car, it doesn't matter whether I've got a Cadillac or I've got a Volkswagen. If I put gas in it, the car runs. If I don't put gas in it, it doesn't. They all work the same, basically. Certainly there are variations and upgrades and downgrades. So I would just introduce, here's how your mind works. And, you know, here's the root of the tool, but you don't have to believe in the roots of the tool in order to use the tool. But here's where it came from. It came from a guy named Yeshua. And, of course, most most atheists are trained to go, oh, no, not him. No, he's one of those crazy. It's like, okay, so so let's you can scoop all that out of your your store and forget that because it's got nothing to do with it. But here's the tool. Try it and watch what happens. When it comes to the place that might be a challenge is when it comes to inviting Ruka to Kutsha. But, you know, even the atheists have held a newborn child and have had the experience of the active presence of love. And so simply substitute that, you know, there is a presence of love in you if you choose to acknowledge that, if you've ever held a newborn. And so you're going to ask that active presence of love to move in you and to flush you of what doesn't belong. No belief required. Just use the tool would be my input. That's great. That's just perfect. Thank you. <laughs> I knew it had to be simple. Okay. Hey, yeah. honored, honored. <laughs> Thank you so much. We'll see what happens. All right, dear heart. Appreciate you. Okay. And you. Blessings. And uh, okay. Jeannie, Blessings. I got to tell Jeannie something. Your Go orchid is about to open its first blossom. Oh, really? Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Magic, isn't it? Wow. <laughs> yeah. I know. That's a long, so, patient wait. Well, they do it when they're ready, just like the rest of us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Thanks so much. Um, I will skedaddle and let somebody else have um, your time, and I'll just continue listening. Thank you. Cool. Thanks again awesome. to all of you. All right. Well, Jeannie, maybe before we go on to the next caller, let's just uh, put a couple of thoughts out. One, if anybody's ready for an intensive, you know, with us sitting still and doing the work we've been doing here in Florida, we haven't been on the road, and so our summer season is going to be a small one. And uh, we've limited it now, too. We've changed the dates around, and we're going to do a nine-day Why Is This Happening to Me Again? We're going to do a 16-day Laws of Living, and we're going to do a 10-day Food Fund Forgiveness and Work Program. So if you're interested in doing an intensive, please contact us sooner rather than later, and you can find the flyer with all the details on it at whyagain.org. And over on the right-hand side toward the top, you'll see a link that says Flyers. That will give you that information. And then the other thing that's, that's happening, Jeannie just created an awesome page on the website. You know, with the main thing we've actually been doing so far is the editing of 10 hours of new video and then selecting passages to cut out to put on YouTube. And Jeannie's also been attempting to and working like more than diligently, more than I would even conceive of working to attempt to do this, but to take all of our videos and convert them to the latest file formats so that we could upload them to the website and create a members area. So the members area is just about ready to go. And uh, I don't know, Jeannie, what have you spent? Probably three weeks converting, working on converting these things? Yeah, with no luck. <laughs> it would convert three-fourths of it, and then it would drop the tail end of every video. I don't know something about the formatting. And so after three weeks of arguing with it, I decided we're just going to have to get it done by a professional. Otherwise, yeah, so. the member's website, you know, if we're, if it's going to be a, um, <coughs> excuse me, uh, a monthly fee base um, setup, then they need quality videos and audios to download. And what we've got right now is not working. So we've gotten some bids, and I'll let you carry on the conversation from there, Michael. Yeah, cool. 
So we've been looking at, and, and basically several of our videos are formats that are not in use today, which is the reason why we've had difficulty in trying to get them to convert so that they, it, it takes particular file formats. And I don't know all the technological stuff that used to be my thing, but it's not anymore. So, uh, uh, in order to be able to stream them properly, they've got to be in particular formats. And as I say, Jeannie's just spent so many hours. Um, I'm amazed she's still got a full head of hair because I'd have been pulling my hair out with the, the uh, opportunities that those things have given her. So we've gone back and looked at our, you know, all of our videos. And uh, what we're going to need to do is go back to our original most of them are three-quarter inch, some of them are one-inch tape uh, that are the original masters of our videos and audios. And there's a whole technological procedure that they're going to have to go through to bring them up to speed with streaming video formats. And we didn't realize that this was going to be a requirement. We had conversion software. We just thought we'd be able to do this, and you know, the site would be operational well. Jeannie gets the site just right to the edge of operational, and then she starts working on loading these things, and they don't load. And it's like, what? Oh, no. So there's a whole technical procedure that needs to uh, to take place, and that's kind of been one of the main things we've been working toward this uh, this winter with being here in Florida. And we've kind of hit a, a door or a wall. And since we haven't been on the road like we normally are doing workshops, we've been here focused on this pretty much for the whole winter. We did one week in Miami, and then we did five weeks of intensives over in uh, in Orlando. But otherwise, we've been sitting still here, which doesn't create much cash flow. And uh, right now, to to upgrade, to convert all of these, our older videos, go back to the original masters and bring them up to, to date with technology, create new masters for for uploading and utilizing them, we're looking at to do that and to put the members site together and all. We're looking at about a $10,000 bill, which we just don't have. So that project is kind of on hold. And yesterday Jeannie created a fundraising page on our website. If you would, you know, if you've benefited from this and you see the value of making it available, on a global scale and you'd like to support us and assist us. And by the way, Dr. Tim, thank you for that donation yesterday. It was much appreciated. And uh, so if you'd like to help us to do that, basically the members site is set up. So there are three different levels of participation. There's a $15 a month where you get to access three videos on an ongoing basis over the period of a year. We haven't looked at how the audios are going to work there yet, but they'll be working into it. Uh, so there's a 15 dollar a month uh, membership that's available then there's a $25 a month where I think there's seven videos and we'll be putting some audios in as well and some other materials and then there's unlimited viewing of any and all of uh, what we've got 18 with the new videos we've done we've got 18 different videos and so they'd be unlimited at $50 a month and so if uh, if you would care to support us in getting that operational uh, and you were to donate at any of those levels on it, you know, whatever a year membership would be, then what we'll do is we'll double the membership. So if you say, for instance, did the $50 a month, that would be $600 a year. Uh, we'll give you two years of membership in return for that donation that helps us to get this project funded and underway so that uh, we get the member site going and uh, get rocking on the next level of taking the work to every mind, heart, being on the planet. So if you'd like to assist us in that program, that would be awesome. You can do it by going to the website. Jeannie's got a link on the front page uh, that has uh, some pictures of, you know, some video production tools, and uh, that'll take you into an explanation of the whole project and what we're doing with it. And uh, there are a couple of different ways to donate, and she explains that there on the uh, the website. And so is there anything else to add to that, sweetheart, seeing as how you've primarily been the one who put that to, who's put that together? Yeah, and um, the caveat of that is that, you know, instead of making the $50 a month, you'd actually give us the 600 up front because – 
we right. the guy has given us a really good deal, and I've explained this in the on that page as well. There's lots of information, so there's like you everything you would want to know is on that page. But um, he's given us a good deal. He actually said that if it wasn't Michael and this work, that he wouldn't even tackle this project. So for a video guy to say that, then that makes me feel better that I couldn't get over the hurdle. So, but, <laughs> Hadn't thought of it um, that way, but that's true. Yeah. yeah. But he said that if it wasn't for Michael and this work, work and the impact, yeah, and the impact that he and his family have had um, from from this work over the years, but he said, you know, he's willing to do it for that, and he has a tech that can start working on it next week. However, for the tech to drop his price so that Rick could offer us the deal that he offered us, we have to pay him a certain amount. It's about half of the amount up front. And so we would need, like, your whole annual amount. And then what we're also going to do is everybody who makes a donation, regardless of the amount, uh, their name will go in one time into a drawing, and once we've reached the goal, we're going to do the drawing on air, and um, we'll have somebody else draw. We, we're not going to do the draw, and there's going to be two prizes, and the first prize is going to be a free nine-day Why Again Intensive at Heartland, and the second prize will be a full set of the 18 DVDs, which includes the new ones that are coming out as well. So we're throwing some incentive out there, too, so, you know, it's... Uh, you know all that we can think of to do right now. So it's there. We'll keep highlights on the on the website, so you'll know you know where we are in the goal. We did already just practically right after I created the fundraising page. Somebody made a thirty dollar donation just right off the bat. So we you know thank them too. And uh, so any any amount anything you know is appreciated. Yay! And if you'd like to do it in the increments of. $15 times 12 or $25 times 12 or $50 times 12, which would be the equivalent of a year of the membership fee, then we'll double that and you'd get two years of either the the $15 level, the 25 or the 50 And one of my thoughts, Tim, was that um, what we'll do is we'll be tracking people who donate. We'll be writing their names on a little piece of paper and putting them in a box and then when we hit the goal, uh, my thinking was I was going to take the box and put a label on it and send it to Dr. Tim Hayes. And we do a big ceremony where we get Dr. Tim to open the box in Chicago and draw the name of the winners. So just be kind of add some fun to it. Opening the work on the next level. Nobody. It, the the amount of time that we've that we've spent in editing these things and picking out actually, um, uh, Ron is working. You know, Ron calls into the show fairly often. Has been working on the four hour, the new four hour that we did. We're up there, and he's been actually transcribing them for me to use in the writing, and uh, and he's also picking out the sections that we're going to put on YouTube. I'm actually waiting right now for some some information to come back from the editor and we're, we're ready. I've actually been ready for over a week now to upload 19 new videos to our YouTube site. So there'll be uh, just you know, all kinds of new material and putting it out there. So, And also part of the, uh, the pricing that this gentleman has given us too is for um, taking the 10 hours because we'll have one package that has four hours of Aramaicisms we have one package that has the new four-hour why, and it will be packaged with the old four-hour why, and then another two hours of, of uh, special bonus DVD in there. So that one will be 10 hours in one package, and then we will have the new Course in Miracles, What is the World? So all of those are going to require new packaging, new – I've got the labels or the uh, covers for the DVDs already done, but it's going to you know, require replicating printing and creating the packages and, and getting that out ready for the market as well. So um, you know, the pricing that he's given us also includes that. So a lot – so it's like dominoes. One thing's dependent on something else. <laughs> We're waiting for somebody to kick the <laughs> no first domino. No one will ever know. <laughs> you yeah. know, I, I, I certainly um, 
it would be nice to have a big corporate thing behind you where you turn that over to the art department, you turn this over to the copyright department, you turn this over to the finance department. But we're it. So it's, uh, if, if you've ever wondered why sometimes we're a little slow at getting some things done, it's just part of the process. And But it does empower us to keep the work moving and paying our own expenses and doing our workshops free all around the globe. So, you know, it's it's a sort of a balancing act. And money becomes part of it because when you're doing projects like this, it, it just has to flow because uh, other people won't do it for free as, as we do. And uh, so becomes part of it but it's certainly the reason for doing it is to make the tools available and keep them moving around the globe so so and Tim would you be willing to do that, that drawing other... when uh... oh yeah Dr. Tim sure that sounds wonderful I think it would be fun yes Jeannie you were going to say I was just going to say in the midst of all of that we just about have our um customer service database operating a little better than it has been in the past. It's still not where we want it to be, but we've been working on that. And I've also, I'm getting ready to copyright the cover of my book. Yay. we got to get you to put that on the website so people can see it's waiting. She's got an awesome cover for her new book, Healing Generations, One Breath at a Time. It's a pretty cool looking cover going to be another sweet uh, sweet piece of work going out into the world to uh, to make things available so, pretty cool wow. and yeah the database and we do have been, another caller I don't know I don't know how many hours we put into getting our database squared away but it's been crazy anyway let's listen to our caller awesome it's area code 707 you're on the air hey good morning Michael and Jamie it's Julie from Pahrump well, welcome, young lady. Good to hear your voice. Uh, it's good to talk to you guys again. Um, I had a question the other day, and hopefully, you know, we can chat a bit here now. In the generational or the genetics aspect of things, you've spoken many a time going back generations, how um, it affects us now. And right. I was wondering if you can enlighten me a little bit on that and also – I'm starting to look back and see some of the, um, I don't know, lack of better words, attitudes and, and ways people were and how I am picking up on those tendencies. So what in doing your work, do I bounce back and forth between, you know, doing something that was kind of generational and, as, and doing what is now needed as well? So I'm, um, you know, just need some enlightenment on that, please. Great question. Great question. You're right on track. Yes, the tendency will be to bounce. You might remember an old song. Oh, this probably goes back to the 30s called We Live in Two Different Worlds. And, of course, it's a, a man and a woman song, but the metaphor is that, that we do live in two different worlds. We live in the world of being. You know, if we've, we've asked the question, how many have held a newborn child? And everybody describes a newborn as love, so we know that's what we are. And then there's what's stored in the genes in this carbon-based memory bank called the body-mind unit that has all these generations of wonder and insanity. And so we'll sometimes work out of if something stimulates something wondrous and genius in us, all of a sudden we'll have this stroke of genius. I go, wow, that was so cool. Where did that come from? And it's my generational gift. And sometimes my insanity will come forward. And while I choose and want to be loving, I lose the ability to because the energy of the, the pattern from the generations of some form of hostility or fear takes over my choice-making process and I get locked into the decisions of the past. So the work is about cleaning up the decision-making device called the body's mind. And when you realize that we have, you know, this body-mind unit is a device that stores every frequency that comes to it. Every thought, every feeling, every reality is stored holographically in every cell, including the sperm and the egg. So if you were to conceive a child tomorrow, that child would have in its structure every thought you've ever thought, every feeling you've ever felt, every reality you've ever engaged in. Now, if nothing ever comes along and resonates that out of 
the body's mind, then that will never be a factor in someone's life. So someone just rolls along and has a great time and everything's cool, and all of a sudden an event occurs that resonates one of those old dynamics. And instead of rolling along as the presence of love, up comes my generational pattern. I'll share a little story on myself uh, about a piece of work that I spent four or five years consciously, purposely working on. And that is, I've always had pretty good control of my temper. People had to get pretty crazy for me to go into some form of anger, except in one circumstance. And that was behind the wheel of a car. And I could be driving down the highway and somebody would do something stupid. And in an instant, I'd be in a fish-shaking rage. Why, that stupid, crazy stuff. And that was an issue that I worked on purposely, consciously, forgiving, working on, working to work through. And it was, let's see, my son is now 35, and the day this happened, when this happened, when this whole thing came up, I wasn't driving, but when this whole issue came up, I was actually standing there with my son on my hip. So I was carrying him. So he's maybe two, a year and a half, two years of age. So this goes back 33, 34 years ago. And up comes, I'm, I'm in touch with this rage around driving. And I'm asking like, God, I've been working on this thing for so long. When do I get finished with it? And what came up was the awareness or the insight, and this is one of the skills we're inviting people to do, to develop, is to be able to decode the content of our own minds, the things that perhaps we've hidden from ourselves for generations. So all of a sudden comes this awareness, Michael, this was an inherited anger from your great-great-grandfather. Now, I didn't know my grandfather. My grandfather, both grandfathers had passed by the time I was a year of age. I certainly didn't know my great-grandfathers. But as I addressed my great-grandfather, and here's the way I addressed him, inside my own head, with my own words, Grandpa, I understand that this anger is yours. Now, somebody might say, well, Michael, they didn't have cars back in that day, so that obviously is ridiculous. Well, they did have transportation, and I don't know whether he was in a horse and buggy or on a horse or on foot. I don't know, but (laughs) if I've got a file on transportation and something resonates rage that's in there, then that's what I'm going to have to deal with. So I get Mm -hmm. this inherited anger, so I have a conversation with him, and, gee, it's just come to my awareness that this anger is something that you created that started with you, and it's been running my life, and I'm ready to get done with it. I'm going to let it go. If you want it back, here it is, it's yours, and or I'll let it go for both of us. That was the last fish-shaking incident I had behind the wheel of a car until about six or eight weeks ago, and I had another layer of that come up. And I'm actually not remembering the details of that. I shared it on the show back six or eight weeks ago. But the first time in over 30 years, that anger came up again. And what happens, what I, what I understand, you know, I, I can remember back years ago as I'm doing this work, and, and one of the things I'd, I'd think was, geez, here I am in this trauma again, in this painful situation, and damn, I'm doing all the right things. What's wrong with this picture? And after I'd said that to myself several times, it was like, bingo, hello, Michael. When you're doing the right things, you're vitalizing yourself. And when you get to a new level of vitality, you get to reach into a new depth of what you need to deal with from the hidden parts of your mind. So, yes, as you get stronger and do your work, you're going to go into deeper, more traumatic layers that you couldn't face yesterday. And so as I'm able to face those things, they're able to surface, they're able to move, and as they move through, I get to move them out of my energy field. I get to get free of them. Mm-hmm. I understand. That. And it's a process. And, and you know, it, one of the things I've learned for me is patience. You know, I, when I was a kid, I was almost dead several times the first year of my life. They told my father, they called him in an emergency and said, this kid isn't going to make it through the night, the day I was born. And 
for 25 years I lived on an inhalator and pills. I'm still working some of that stuff through in my own body. But I've learned that when I'm at the right space, when I'm at the right level of vitality, that one's going to move. And I trust that. And I don't have to move it yesterday. I don't have to force it because what I found is you can't force it. All you can do is keep doing your work, putting one foot in front of the other, and going through layer by layer by layer. And as you go through those layers, the physical, the mental, the emotional diseases and disorders disappear. And you're more able to access the gifts that come from your generations rather than get stuck in the traumas that were locked into your generations. Does that kind of address where you want to go, what you're looking for? Um, very much so, and I appreciate that. Thank you. But uh, one, two questions. One is, can it go lateral as opposed to ascending or descending in generations? Um, oh, and that's not coming out right. Um, you know, Tell me what you mean by lateral. Um, direct descendants, you know, big parents, grandparents, great-grandparents, et cetera. But then you have your descend, um, descendants that are cousins off to the side, you know, more. I'm looking at a genealogy chart as I'm visualizing this. I'm talking to you. And um, they're descendants, but they're not direct per se. Right. And when you get so, together with the descendants, the stuff, you know, if, if you're moving through layers – the stuff that you weren't able to access for yourself because maybe you weren't uh-huh. at a level of vitality and you get with your cousin and you start processing that stuff and they're carrying the same gene, the same energetic pattern, and you join uh-huh. in healing or you join in insanity, then both can have that activated out of the genetic structure at the same time. Yes. It's all energy dynamics. If I bring a middle C tuning fork near a second middle C tuning fork, that second middle C tuning fork is going to tend to vibrate. The person who doesn't want to deal with their stuff says, I don't want anything to do with this family. I don't ever even want to talk to anybody again. And they pretend that they're never going to have to look at what the family resonates in them. As opposed to, gee, I'm going to go get cozy with the family and let this stuff come up and keep working through it so that I don't have to go out and create drama and trauma in my life to get to look at it. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, boy, that answers a big question that I had a while back with um, a cousin of mine. So thank you for that. And one other quick question is, you say, um, when one is born and, and born into the essence of love and, and has that purity and is just there, what happens if that person's born and the parent is masked? And I'm going to say this. It was my mother. They thought she had tuberculosis. And she wore a mask for the first three to four weeks of my life. How does that affect right. the essence of love in somebody? Well, you know, it really, you know, there's a, there's a basic principle of this work is, and it's in the worksheet, that when I choose love, it wakes up the love in everyone. Mom could have been in a mask and suffering horribly from this disease, And if she, in the presence of her suffering, stayed connected to the active presence of love, then your birthright was fulfilled. You got to experience her as the active presence of love, and her energy, her love, functioned as a nutrient to support your development and growth. Now, if she got lost in pain and trauma then the tendency would be for that energy to be absorbed by the child, to be resonated out of the genetics, and instead of experiencing the parent as the birthright would have it, as the presence of love, perhaps the child experiences the parent as angry and fearful. And the tendency would be for anger and fear to be activated in the child, and that would be the, the work that that individual would have to do in order to clean out that generational anger and fear. Okay, that's one I'm going to have to work on because she was in the anger and fear mode and and Mm. it resonated throughout the rest of her life. And then her husband, my father, passed five years later. So she was always in turmoil. And I've always thought that it, um, I adopted her fear and anxiety through life. And so I'm just trying to see if it started at that point. Did it start at my father's point? Did it start when they were in, in, in Prussia, in the war, you know, where did it start? So I'm trying to, to work that and, you know, do my worksheets on it and be clear when right. I am doing right. them. Have you been introduced to the Mind Shifter tool yet? 
Um, I don't think so. Okay. I'm well, let's new at all you. Let's introduce our whole audience. Let me just look at the time here. How are we doing with time? Yeah, we're good. We've got six minutes. So, so okay. Mind Shifter is another tool that we teach that's really useful alongside the worksheet process. And the idea of a mind shifter is that you tap into a frequency that will resonate things that are hidden and give you the opportunity to surface, process, and release those things. So it's a written process, and the way you use it, and I'm going to give you a mind shifter, which is just a thought. I'm going to give you that in a minute. The way you use it is you take a piece of paper and you draw a line down the middle of the page, and on the left-hand side of the page, you write the mind shifter. On the right-hand side of the page, you write everything, every thought, every feeling, every sensation that comes up in response to the mind shifter. So because the mind works by resonance, if I pick the right mind shifter, instead of me having to go out and create a circumstance to resonate this next piece of work, I can use a mind shifter, short circuit the process, and make it a whole lot easier and move a whole lot faster. So in this particular circumstance, if you've got your pen ready, let me give you a mind Mm -hmm. shifter. Uh It's safe in healing, and I Uh easily embrace. Uh And heal all of the hostilities and fears I saw my mother expressing. Are you breathing? Yeah, a little bit. (laughs) Not a whole lot. Um, (laughs) Not a whole lot. I am now. Um, Heal and all the hostilities and fear. Fears that I saw my mother expressing or that I experienced my mother expressing. So tapping into the space of love and being able to embrace all of that and throw it off, the idea of the mind shifter is to bring all of those things to the surface. Now, you may find some, find some pretty heavy-duty stuff coming up. You know, gee, when I was three, mom went into this fit of rage, and, and I got slapped, and whoa. You may actually experience the, the physical symptoms of that. That's why we say you write down on the opposite side of the page every thought, every feeling, every sensation that comes. And I've even seen people have injuries that occurred that when they process those things out, they actually express like they'll they'll come through the skin. I remember one woman who she had been slapped in the face, and when she started to process and deal with that thing, literally a handprint appeared on her face from when she'd been slapped. So the idea mm-hmm. is to firmly anchor yourself and connect to the presence of love and write and write and write. Create a space of at least two hours. Phones are off. You're in your own space. And just write that mind shifter and everything that comes up. And what happens is you'll just do a brain dump. And that will give you some insight into perhaps some other worksheets you need to do and, you know, using the rest of the tools around getting free of that. Wow. Okay. Um yeah, it's that's awesome. one I'm going to look forward to. Thank you. Yeah, it, 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 it's amazing. I mean, just, you know, the simple fact that the mind works by resonance. If I say don't think about the color of your car, what happens? Well, the color of my car comes forward. That's what starts to move in me. If I start dealing with the hostilities and fears of my mother, then what's going to move is any energy I accumulated or took on when in the experience of that with mom. And by getting in touch with it in the presence of love, I get to get free of it. It's called healing. It's an old technology. Yeah. been around for a long time. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you very much. I really appreciate the insight today. And um, in doing this, too, I would do that in the generational as well. Can I? Yes. Um, Absolutely. I what you get in touch with. her prior to my birth, so to speak. Yes, you can do your worksheets around what happened for you, but you can also mm-hmm. trade places with her and do worksheets from the perspective of your mom as she was experiencing that. You can actually do a worksheet, okay. and you are your mom doing it in her stead, and that can move things on a whole other level for both you and her. 
And your questions okay. are awesome. I'm, I'm appreciating how much work you're doing to be able to even ask the questions that you've asked. And we're down to the last few seconds, so I'm going to need to close the yeah. show. But if there's any more we can support you with, there's tomorrow's show, and let's continue the conversation. That's awesome. In the meantime, everybody, we appreciate you being here. We hold the space. Create the best year yet of your eternal life. It's an awesome gift to give the world. Blessings. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Mind Shifters Radio with the Forgiveness Doctor, Dr. Michael Rice, and myself, Jeannie Rice, as we present the Internal Aramaic Process of Forgiveness. We are here every Monday through Friday from 1 to 2 o'clock Eastern Time on Earth Angels Radio. For more on Michael, myself, or Aramaic Forgiveness, please visit www.whyagain.org. That's www.whyagain.org.